0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Hosting, a podcast all about hosting and I guess in some ways being a guest. And aren't we both just guests in this magic city guy? Well we are and um, while the city of New York continues to lay out the red carpet, you know, the, the, the residents remain indifferent at best towards us. Yeah, well look. I'm trying to have a good time despite the hostility of the Americans. And I got to try my very first New York slice. I'm talking a pizza. Yeah. It's Italian, but here it is on the streets of New York. Well, and what did you think? Uh, Very, very good guy. The combination of cheese and mushroom and bread. (laughs) Who'd have thought it? Well, I mean, you, you would have had pizza in Australia before. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. Many times. And I imagine it's quite a similar dish to the way they do it in... Oh, very similar. Very similar indeed. How do they do it in Australia? What they do is they make a dough, roll it out kind of flat and round, and then they will put either an olive oil or a tomato sauce based on that, and then toppings, often cheese. And for me, very often, cheese, mushroom, olives that kind of thing pretty much almost identical i mean i get the same pizza in australia as i got i got today you know i get a, a margarita um with a few mushrooms on it and uh incredible incredible so you're amazed by the fact that the pizza's so similar or? well i just didn't think that it, it would have caught on so much from us here in new york uh, yeah well Because we're like, I mean, I don't know. We've probably been doing it since Italians came to Australia, I would say. And it's just wild to me that it's taken off in other parts of the world as much as it has in Australia. Yeah. Pizza's been pretty popular here for a while. Wild to me. I mean, that is wild. I mean, how long? Like, how did it get here? I mean, which did an Australian... Shane well, come across here? I think there were Italian immigrants to America probably b- before they made their way to Australia. That's so news to me. There's just every chance that uh, that pizza started becoming popular here, totally independent of pizza becoming popular. It's wild, though, isn't it? Because Australia is a lot further away from Italy than New York. So it's crazy to me that they would come here and not to Australia. Wh- why would that be? Because it's further away. Like if you're going to go, you want to go, you know, the other side of the world. So if you leave, why not go far is what you're saying? Yes. So for example, you from Australia, you've been to Europe. I have many times. Guy, if I had a little mark on my body, like say a a bruise or a a cut for every time I'd been to Europe, why I would look like I was in the wars. In the wars, I'd be so head to toe unless they were very small. In which case, it could probably just be maybe one arm would look damaged. Oh, that's an interesting way of uh, articulating how many times you've been to the continent. Oh, it's a common metaphor. Um, or, you know, I guess analogy. Both work. Mm. So, we had a slice of New York City pizza. Uh, I think it'll really take off here. Pizza? Yeah. Yeah, I think it already has. And we got a pretty good look at the Empire State Building from all corners. We did. North, west, east and south. Not a zeppelin in sight. Not a single one because of the wind. Yeah. And uh, I mean, by and large, we, 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 we had a pretty good time. And I tell you what, guy, it is incredible how we can be so far away from Australia and New Zealand. And so many things that we take for granted have really taken off... Here in in New York, you know they've got. I saw a lot of streetlights today. I mean, I mean that in terms of both traffic and street variety. You know, and we've got them on every, every almost every corner in Australia. Yeah, can I ask when you first went to Europe? Mm-hmm. Were you surprised at all by the sort of uh, advances of modern technology that arrived? Had it arrived in, in Europe? Oh, not one bit. You know, I imagine that Australia and Europe kind of uh, in the last 100 years have probably become a lot closer together because of globalization. And your understanding of Australia's relationship to America is it's very distant. I mean, to, to, until we were reading the newspaper today, I was not aware that we even had an embassy here, Guy. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, they've got a lot of traffic lights. Uh, you know, you've got your crosswalks. You've got various different stores. Mm. You know, they sell computers here. You were blown away by the Apple store. Yeah, it's exactly like the ones we have back in Sydney. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wonder. You know, I I and I, I I'd hate to speculate here whether or not there'll be a point at which. You sort of come to grips with the idea that a lot of the amenities that you're, you're used to in Australia are readily available here in America in much the same way. It's, well, this is, this is globalization for you, isn't it? Like Australia starts making Apple stores and on the other side of the world, suddenly they start opening up. You know, it's, it's sad really because I can't help but wonder what America was like before they had all of this Australian influence. Well, Apple is an American company. Well, you know apples and oranges isn't that guy you know it's just crazy to me to think what it was like like what american what was new york like before before they had contact with with sydney or auckland you know it must have been such a different place from how it is now yeah yeah well, he, Just these, uh, not just and not just foods and products, but the language guy. You know, I, I at first I was put off by the accent, but now I realize they're really just saying, speaking the same language as us. Yeah, absolutely. Just with a different accent. Accent. Yeah. What do you make of the American accent? I. It's cute. I have to say, I I, I like it Um, for something so young. You know, because, I mean, Australian cinema must have only been exporting here for, what, 50 years maybe. And yet they've given it their own little twang, haven't they? Yeah, it's a pretty popular industry here in America, I guess. They they make a lot of their own movies and TV shows. and And that's good on them. In many ways, they're a global leader now. Well, you know, how quickly The Apprentice becomes the master, you know. But I don't think... I still see in a lot of the posters that we've walked past today, Guy, in the conversations we've overheard, I still see that little bit of Australia just coming through, you know? I, can, I, I don't think they'll be able to get away from it. Yeah. Well, certainly not in your eyes. No. Um, after we circled the Empire State Building, we, we got ourselves a slice as advertised and we uh, marched our way downtown towards the Guggenheim. Yes. A very uh, popular and well-respected art museum with a, a very unique design and layout inside that sort of circles in on itself. So the various levels of the museum, uh, you know, you, you absorb in one round walking trip. And, oh, we both went there, Guy. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you, you know, you, you, you became quite dizzy, I, I suppose. Oh, yes. the Just running around it at pace really just spun me out. Um, it made it very hard to take in the exhibition when well, you're just going I, at such a rapid, rapid speed. Yeah, I, I was encouraging you to, to try it once walking, but you seem to be fixated on taking in all the art as quickly as possible and as many times as possible. That's it, Guy. I, when am I going to come back? You know. And I like to say, out there for walking, inside for running. You do say that. You were saying it quite a lot yeah. and uh, really creating a bit of a commotion I, I I just still you know was trying to impress on you that if if you went if you went at a, a nice relaxing pace yeah once you probably could have absorbed the art with as much you know time and and meaning and and really enjoyed it just as much as you could you know running up and down seven or eight times. Well, but- guy, look, I like to think about it this way: Have you ever seen like a stop stop motion of a flower blooming? Yeah, yeah. So you need to take. Easily a 1,000 photographs to be able to get the full effect of watching that flower bloom. That's kind of how I like to treat museums, galleries, uh, photographic studios and the like, is I want to be able to see those pictures not once, Guy. I don't want to see just the budding of a flower. I want to see it grow into something. I want to see it a 100 times from the same angle at rapid speed. Well... How do, how do you feel about your visit to the Guggenheim, uh, you know, with a little bit of distance between us and the, the I museum? barely took in any of the works, Guy. It was very difficult to do. Yeah. Well, it's a shame. I mean, I, I guess we, you know, we, we've got all of tomorrow in front of us. We, we could technically go back. Mm, we could, I guess. We could. It is. It, I, looking at the Guggenheim, I could not help but think, you know, that that is a man who could have perished on the Titanic, who? Guggenheim. He could have perished on the Titanic. Yeah. How so? I think he was on it. And he survived? I can't remember. That's what I mean. He could have died. He might not have. Those are the two possibilities. He might not have been on board. <laughs> but it makes you think, doesn't it, Guy? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, that that's true of anyone who was alive in that era. Mm. But with Guggenheim makes you think. No, know more or less than I would of anyone else. I mean, you know, the fact that you're so fixated on it does naturally create a little bit more curiosity Mm -hmm. for me, but had you not brought it up, wouldn't have passed my mind. But now it's in there, isn't it? Well, again, a little certainly because he might not have been on the ship. He might not have been over in Europe, you know, in 1912 and decided to take the Titanic back to New York. He might not have done that, but he also may have, and then he might have been on the ship when it struck ice on the 14th of April, and then he may or may not have escaped its fate on the 15th of April. I mean, it's an interesting... All of those possibilities, it's kind of like a Schrodinger's cat, isn't it, Guy? Mm, Not quite. It's an interesting way to look at history, because I suppose, you know, every person contains myriad possibilities. That's true. And it's, I think it's a way that we're not looking at history enough. You think that only telling the story as it happened is uh, perhaps missing out on various different narrative possibilities? Well, it, exactly, Guy. It doesn't take into account what could have been, you know? Have you seen a movie called Sliding Doors? Was that with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? I'm not sure. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sure. There you go, guy. (laughs) There's another one. Gwyneth Paltrow could or could not have been in that film. (laughs) We could just look it up and then we'd know. Well, we we would, but then, you know, guy, where would we... Where would we be after that? All the possibilities would be boiled down to a single, single accepted fact. Schrodinger's cat. I don't, I don't think that's Schrodinger's cat. You put the cat in a box, guy, and at a certain time, a neutron will fire, and that will either kill or not kill the cat. Is exactly 50% of the time, the cat will die. But you don't know if the cat's dead, or you don't know if it's alive. It's in a box, you know. You try and make one of those at your own house, you may or may not be charged. his cat. The more you know, I suppose. Cat Uh, could be wearing a hat. It could be wearing a hat. Um, And after... Guggen, the Guggenheim, we uh, sort of slow, started the slow commute home, mm. traveling on foot so we could take in uh, more of the city, more of the sights, more of the sounds, more of the smells. Mm. And uh, we, we made it home just as the um, the family unit were heading out once more. I think they were pretty surprised to see us. They were, yes, yes. Didn't even ask how our day had been. No, they sort of just blew right by. I guess they were off to meet... Uh Ma- oh, Mark! Oh God! Yeah, we didn't talk about Mark. <laughs> yeah. We beat the shit out of Mark. We didn't really we? gave him oh, one. Oh my God! Yeah. So oh. uh, that little part of the prank went pretty much as planned, smooth as a smoothie, smooth as an egg. We uh, you know, as we as we discussed, we had the Balaclavas. We got on the train. Oh yeah. We followed him on the train, and when he got out of the the station, he turned left onto 45th, and we, we traced him until there's this sort of uh, slightly secluded uh, corner. And Dead then zone. We put the balaclavas on, we had a big icy pail of water. Oh, yeah. And we poured it over and we turned around and he said, what the, f-? and then you just clocked the <laughs> oh, one God. right in the- I let out a lot of rage, Guy, that I didn't realize I had. And it just, it came to me almost uh, uh, like a cloud. I just went, out. I was out. Next minute, we're sitting there eating a delicious Delicious pizza pie and a corner shop. Yeah. So, um, prank phase one, mission success. Complete. Yeah. <laughs> really, uh, really great stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I suppose we can uh, look forward to the return of the family unit and, and, and mm. see just how that part of the prank landed mm. with them. I, I think there's going to be a few smiles and backpats all around. <laughs> yes, I think, I think we might just be bringing this family just that one step closer. And it excites me, guy. It excites me. I mean, it's hard for it not to. We, um, Of course, last night we went out, we got the gloves, mm-hmm. and uh, I just so happened to have eight or nine uh, high-resolution GoPro cameras lying around the house, so we sort of set them up, set all of those up. and uh, we, got, s- we, got, we went and got a bit of dirt and made a fine, dusty powder and just sort of sprayed it liberally over them to give them a sense of age, time. And I also – and this was a strike of genius on your part, Guy – Guy happened to have a couple of nails that had an exact day and time make on them uh, for several months prior, and we were able to hang them up on those bad boys. Yeah, so uh, if anyone does find them and unearth them, you know, I mean, between the fingerprints we dusted and placed on the cameras and, Mm -hmm. and the nails... That totally predates my move-in date. It's even before I actually arrived in America. I had to work pretty hard to trace those nails down, and I didn't even really know why I was doing it at the time. No, but you got them now, and we've got those nails into the roof and the wall. And, you know, a lot of people will say that time-date nails, I mean, people can use nails anytime. but I like to think that Mark is just a guy like myself who likes to use nails while they're fresh. He's quite a fastidious sort of character, you know, and I do think that might be part of the reason why we've gotten off on the wrong foot somewhat. He's very clean. Mm. He likes to put, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, it's stuff that it wouldn't occur to the ordinary person, but he likes to put his dishes back in the cupboards, you know. He mm-hmm. likes to rinse his cutlery yes. in between uses. All these sort of little fastidious details. It doesn't that, use the same bowl twice. Oh, drives me nuts. Uh, but it's, it's those sorts of things that mean that you know the the, the the nail thing adds up perfectly with with his personality. Yes, and um, it's very well thought out as part of the prank. Yeah, and uh, I mean we didn't quite get to, to to see it because you were in the spare room and I was in my room, but it sounded like there was a little bit of a commotion this morning yes, when uh, the the parents were getting dressed. Oh, now they were. Like, just, uh, let's just say they weren't too happy, were they, Guy? They were. They were. <laughs> They were quite distraught really. Yeah, well, uh, it sounds like one of those brooches that we found uh, you know, it doesn't just predate the, 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 the parents, but it, I think it's been in the family for four to five generations. Yeah. And uh, certainly, it's it's with a, a new family, uh, a family of fish. <laughs> yes, that's right. Down the bottom of the Brooklyn it's River. It's getting schooled, you could say. <laughs> yeah. It's about time that brooch went back to school, mm. a school of fish. There it is. There it is. God. And that it's even funny hearing that joke the second time. Well. Because when we, you made it last night, as we tossed it off that pier, I thought that was just, hmm. That was beautiful. It was, well, it's one of those ones that's so good. I I'll, I'll probably keep saying it for, you know, days weeks to come. Yeah, you're like James Bond, you know. Uh, I am a bit. He's got that great sense of humor. That's it. And so do I. Yeah, gosh. And I'd never made a website before. So that was a fun thing for me to experience on this trip was making that website and registering in Mark's name. Yeah. And it's blowing up. People love those that live feed. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's every chance that people are watching us right now. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you think, doesn't it? it? Really does. I mean, technology is an incredible tool, and uh, you know, people can use it for good or for bad. But people uh, use it for fun, yeah. And uh, I think that's the that's the forgotten use of technology. It doesn't have to be moralistic. It doesn't need no. to be to cause something positive or negative. No. It can just be for a bit of a laugh. And I suppose, in a sense. It's a, a laugh is geared towards the positive. We are maybe using it for positive because we, we are trying to bring not just a family unit closer together, but also our relationship to their that family that's right, unit that's right. a little closer together. It's changed for good. And uh, I didn't tell you this because I thought I might hide it from you until uh, the big reveal, but when I was rummaging around Mark's stuff, I did find uh, a diary or a journal in which he has been, uh, you know, not just sharing his deeper innermost thoughts, but also planning Various different stages of his life, and I can confirm that tomorrow, that is, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is the big day. Is that right? We've got the proposal coming up. We do? That is very exciting, because, I mean, as far as we know, that ring still remains... Well, I've checked the ice trays... They're still full, and he hasn't said anything about it. So they've been eating out a lot. They've been drinking out a lot. I mean, they've barely, you know, touched any of the stuff in the fridge or in Mm. the in the cupboards. Mm. Uh, And all the more for us. That's what I say. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I mean, it's just so exciting when things like this happen. When all of these sort of best laid plans dovetail so neatly Mm -hmm. together, and you know, the the idea of that proposal going over as I'm sure it will, uh, incredibly well. Yes, I, I, I. I'm just so thrilled to to be part of this, to be part of Mark and Fiona's life.: Well, because when you visit a city, so often you only see the city as a visitor or a tourist. Very rarely do you get to insert yourself into such a, a, a rich tapestry of family history and uh, to to really move through the city, as part of something bigger than yourself. Exactly. Exactly and it, guy. That's that's why it was so important to me to, to, to live with Americans. And, you know, sure, they're a little crankier than the people I'm used to, but so be it. Uh, that's it, guy. You know, eat what the locals are eating. Speak what the locals are speaking. Prank the locals in a way that is going to hurt them, but also bring them closer together. Well. Like the locals do. Like the locals do. And we've got a shared vision and a shared end goal here. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for, for your coming here because certainly I was starting to feel pretty isolated and sort of, um, I guess I was just finding it a little bit tough to see how I could insert myself into these scenarios. But two, two heads are better than one. That's it. That's it. I'm grateful for you having me here, Guy. Can I say, I know it's early in the trip, but I, I've had a fantastic time with you hosting me this time around, you know, it's, no one's gotten hurt, you know, no one's, uh, well, neither of us have, uh, you know, we're having a good time, we're laughing, we're, you know, spending a lot of Mark's money. We are spending a lot of money. Mm. Mm. But, you know, it's fun. Yeah. And, and that's, for, that's what this show was meant to be, you know? Moneys for spending. I mean, sure, you know, along the way you could be picking up a few tips, you know, fun pranks you could do on your, on your parents or your yes. kids or your partners or yes. your friends' partners at home. But at the end of the day, I suppose this is also a podcast about friendship. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's, it's, and that's, that's what sticks with you for life, isn't it? You know, it's not the, it's not the bad days. It's not the sad days. It's not the pranks. It's the friendships, and we're building that. We really are. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, God knows what we have to look forward to to, to tomorrow. I think I can hear some footsteps coming up the the hallway right now. Yeah. I think the family are coming to roost, coming home to roost. Mm. Uh, Cockadoodle. Do, Do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, maybe we should uh, hide ourselves away again. We want to make ourselves pretty scarce, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and That's let's pretty- start. Let's sit back and watch the fireworks. Sounds good to me.